Welcome to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprise throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour podcast recorded every week at the studios of historic WJR Radio in Detroit. Only the second hour of our show, which features listeners' questions, is heard live from 5 to 6 p.m. every Saturday on WJR. However, both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest-growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, part of that great afternoon of advice for you here on the great voice of the Great Lakes, WJR. My name is Foster Brown. I'm the uh, co-host and producer of the program, and we've got a good program lined up for you today. Big event from Apple this past week. We're going to be looking at what that means with the gadget guy, Rick Broider here, who also happens to be the cheap skate. <laughs> so we're going to figure out how we can get out of paying a whole lot of money for all this goodness. Thank you so much for uh, inviting us into your life on this chilly Saturday afternoon. This uh, seems more like uh, maybe late October, early November out here in Detroit. But uh, still, uh, we've got lots of lovely green on the trees, and hopefully we'll have a little more of an Indian summer to help warm us up. <laughs> Either that or uh, get the sweaters out and get close to the fire this evening. Money again is Foster Brown, and this is the Internet Advisor. And on Saturdays, we mosey by here to help answer your questions about uh, your computer and about the Internet. And uh, we'll be telling you a little bit more about how to do that during the MSU sports season, which is what is upon us right now. You know that tonight there's a big game coming up, and the pregame will start uh, in less than an hour. And normally we would be having our phone lines open during our second hour in order to be able to let you guys ask questions. The questions we want to be able to answer, and that we've been doing for almost 18 years here on the Internet Advisor. So we want to tell you right now, and we'll be doing this throughout the hour, to urge you to go to internetadvisor.net and there is a button on the top that says contact. Click that and send us an email with your question or go to the very bottom of our new homepage and you'll see a comment section and you can put your question in there and we will be able to get to your questions and answer them during our hour when we normally do that kind of thing. But first of all, it's that time of day when we check in with a man named Mr. Mike Brennan. It's time for us to check in with Mike Brennan, who is the editor of MI Tech News, all the news you'll need to know about technology and entrepreneurship in the state of Michigan and around the nation as well. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, Foster. Always look forward to it. Lots of things going on in the city of Detroit uh, this coming week. Matter of fact, last week you talked about a whole bunch of events. One that's coming up very soon is this Digital Summit in Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. 
on uh, September 22nd and 23rd, two days of a real intensive kind of everything you want to know about uh, how to market digitally. It's sponsored by the Michigan Film and Digital Media Office, which is the old film office. Oh. And, and so, but there's a lot of big name folks going to be there from big companies. So if you really want to understand this stuff, this is probably the place to be. Wow. Okay. Well, let's head up north then, a little further uh, away from Detroit. Matter of fact, about as far as we can get up north, Michigan Tech up in Houghton, apparently, has seen female graduate enrollment rising rapidly. It's a small college to begin with, but there's about 7,400 students, and now 26.9% of those are women. That, so, that's pretty impressive because, I mean, nationally, Michigan Tech, while it's small and remote in some ways, has been a premier school for engineers in particular. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a lot of women are going into the STEM team. They call it all sorts of things, professions. But uh, it was real big when I was a kid, going into college, and then not so much, and now it's coming back. Well, we are delighted to hear in particular that women are involved in this area. And let's talk about a couple of things that are going to be coming up this next week. Uh, one has to do with a pink slip party. Yeah, our friends at IT and the D, well, that's actually how they built their fame. Uh, they put these pink slip parties together where job seekers run into recruiters and folks looking for people to hire, and it's you know, a nice matchmaking service. They're expecting about 1,200 people to attend this wow. one, lots of recruiters. So if you're looking for a job, this is, this is also the place to be on September 17th at the Majestic Theater. You know, we should make a mention of that, Mike, that uh, MI Tech News is valuable for people, not just in terms of news, but also for uh, heads up on events like this where people can do networking, and can meet with other people who are interested in their same field. So another reason, folks, for getting MI Tech News delivered to your home free of charge every week. Hey, one more thing before we go, and that is something very special that has to do with you and your old buddy, Matt Roush. Yeah, it's been in the works for a long time. Uh, but when the IT and the D-Boys moved into their new studio, I'd been kind of bugging them anyway about doing something because I used to do a syndicated radio show on technology across the state. And, of course, Matt was at WWJ. So now together on September 14th at 3 o'clock, we go live on the uh, podcast Detroit Network with our own show, M2 TechCast, M Squared. M Squared TechCast. It should be a whole lot of fun. Two great voices in Michigan technology news coming together, and that's going to be on the podcastdetroit.com network, which is, by the way, where you'll be able to find the Internet Advisor podcast, along with a whole lot of other great podcasts, including IT and the D, which is the premier one there. Well, Mike, let's just remind people how they can sign up for MI Tech News. Well, that's pretty much it. www.mitechnews.com. Uh, uh, go to that link, uh, click on Join the Newsletter, put in your information, your email address, and confirm, and you're good to go. And no money need pass hands. No, it's a free, free, free. Well, that's my sponsors pay for it. But uh, for you, for you, nothing. So. <laughs> Such a deal you got for us. Mike, thanks again so much for the headlines and also for this great service that you perform with MI Tech News. Thanks very much, Foster. All right. Go blue. <laughs> go blue. <laughs> and go green and white. We have to be absolutely equal here on uh, the great voice of the Great Lakes as well. <laughs> That's exactly right. We can't be uh, weighted too far on one side or the other, although this is the network for the uh, green and white. As a matter of fact, I have a Michigan State uh, 
sweatshirt sitting right across from me with Rick Broida, who is going to be our gadget guy here, too. So I know that we have to support them. Go green. <laughs> Go green. <laughs> also with us in studio is Mr. Ed Rudell. Eddie, good to have you. Hello, Foster. And uh, Bill Carver is here representing the Apple fanboys. Hello there, and go Patriots. (laughs) We're going to be coming back in just a minute to talk with Emily Hay, who is our social media expert about a really big event. Uh, We touched on it just a little bit with uh, Mike Brennan and just a few moments ago. It's called the Digital Summit in Detroit that's coming up this week as well. Emily has that to talk about, some other big things that are going on in social media. And hang on, because the rest of our program is going to be dedicated to unwrapping all those Apple presents. We are in a gadget fog here, (laughs) because this last week, uh, Apple announced some things that were surprisingly, at least surprised me, um, really groundbreaking. And we're going to be talking about that in uh, the rest of our program with Rick Broida, who is our gadget guy in here. But before we get to Rick, uh, I'd like to welcome back somebody we haven't spoken to in a while, and that is Emily Hay, who is our social media expert. Emily, it's so good to have you back with us. Hey there, Foster. I'm sorry to be a stranger, guys. <laughs> well, you're back on this side of the pond, I understand, huh? Yes, yes. Had a nice time over in Scotland, but... Always miss you guys, no matter where I am. Oh, well, we're delighted you're back here, and you've got back just in time to tell us about uh, what I prob- it looks like is one of the biggest um, digital media events in terms of uh, marketing that has come to Detroit in a long time. Yeah, and I know you guys, again, just touched on it in, in the previous segment, but mm-hmm. um, it is on Tuesday, September 22nd, and Wednesday the 23rd, it's at the Max M. Fisher Music Hall. And the reason why it's a big deal is because um, not only is the speaker lineup crazy impressive, mm-hmm. all kinds of huge companies, um, big names in the digital marketing space will be speaking at this conference, but it's also neat that Detroit is on this digital summit circuit. I was actually yeah. in touch with some of the organizers, and it, you know, everyone all over the country is hearing about Detroit as, as the tech hub and, and digital epicenter lately. So, of course, a stop in Detroit made sense. So, that, I mean, that is a really big feather in our cap, isn't it, for this part of the, part of the country, period, but also for our state. For sure, especially you know local local digital media experts, people that are novices, anybody that you know has an interest in everything from websites to social media. I mean, this is certainly a conference that you can just go to. It's it's accessible, mm-hmm. and like I said, I'm as someone that you know sees conferences a, a good amount of time. I'm really excited by the speaker lineup. Yeah, I know. Uh, by the way, Emily uh, also has her own company called Hey There Social Media, and I know that you're involved in helping people with businesses to use social media to expand their businesses. So what is it about Detroit that's made it such a, a, a mecca for this digital marketing? Well, gosh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure everyone on the team has their opinions for that. But um, yeah, I mean, of course, the, the tech epicenter, everything startup. Um, you've got so many great incubators taking off. But then there's companies like mine and just other folks that, you know, there's a lot of support. It's, it's neat to be able to work in digital and you don't need a big office. You don't need a lot of, um, you know, a lot of commitment. You're very flexible and nimble to, be able to work in digital marketing. And Detroit is a great place that you surround yourself with other people. Yeah. I, I, matter of fact, I just got a great tour of uh, the uh, the quick and loan building downtown. Bill Carver's with us here, and uh, he helped my grandson and I just to see the area. I am just so amazed at what's happened in downtown Detroit, the transformation of what's going on down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the high-tech nature of that transformation is a big part of it as well. 
Definitely. Definitely. And this conference, again, is just a nice nice thing happening that, that I thought it was exciting because, again, it's super accessible happening here locally. Excellent. By the way, if you go to our homepage, internetadvisor.net, there's a link there where you can click. There's a little video you can watch that'll tell you more about this. I was funny. I saw that one of the people that guys was uh, the lady who is the voice of Siri was on there. I thought that was really kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I wonder if she'll be talking at all about, um, yeah, I mean, how she got that gig. That's kind of interesting. Oh, <laughs> as a voice talent, man, that's the kind of thing you drool for. That'll have her set for retirement. Uh, also, Waz was there. Any big names coming up uh, this year going to be there for the uh, conference? Go ahead. Along the line of Waz? Steve Wozniak? Well, I was going to say, I mean, I think Microsoft will be there. I don't know what the Apple representation is like, but, um, you know, GM will be there, and Zappos has a speaker, HubSpot. So those are at least the companies I'm I'm excited to hear from. Excellent, excellent. What's been happening with any of their social media? What kind of new things have been going on with you? Oh, well, gosh, we've, you know, been keeping keeping all things rolling with our clients, you know, still focusing on on small businesses, small to medium-sized businesses. And it's actually a good segue for um, one of the one of the notes I want to share with everyone today um, was towards the end of August, there were some some latest and greatest coming out from Facebook. And one mm. of the things that at least directly affects our some of our clients, they launched a donate now button for nonprofit Facebook pages to use. Oh. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's if you go to a Facebook page, you've got that big cover image, and you oh, you always know where to sure. go to click like, and then next to like, you can have this call to action button. You know, this mm-hmm. donate now, yeah. and someone clicks it, and so that's that's the good news. Um, maybe the less than ideal news is that when you click the donate now, it has to take you to an external site. So you know, maybe uh. I think it might be better if there was a way for someone to just say, you know, tack five bucks, ten bucks, or however many dollars you would mm-hmm. like to give, um, just tack it on to my Facebook account and be able to make the donation and stay within Facebook. You think that would be good rather than sending it to an outside third party? I don't know that I want Facebook consolidating all of my experiences, including the finances. Well, I don't, I mean, you guys may have your opinions on it. Personally, as someone who, we run a lot of advertising on Facebook for our clients, and, you know, of course, I have, have an, an account, so sure. um, to be able to charge it back to my account, to me, would make me probably give more freely. I got gotcha. you. I got but, you. but at the same time, I also think about the small businesses. You know, it's one thing if you're the ALS or the Red Cross and you have all kinds of resources to have these great external landing pages that make a donation really easy for someone. But if you're a local, tiny nonprofit here in, in Metro Detroit mm-hmm. and you want to use that Donate Now button, you really aren't get, Facebook isn't really giving that nonprofit that great of a tool to have the Donate I Now gotcha. button because that nonprofit has to build their old landing page now. Uh, they still have to do that. Still have yeah. to build their own. I, I see now what you're saying. One of the other things I understand um, that has happened is that there's been some changes in Instagram. Yeah. So Instagram, again, still still under the Facebook umbrella. Um, two, two cool things have happened. One, the, the shorter story is that Instagram now supports portrait and landscape pictures. So before it was the square and, and only right. the square and forever the square. Um, but now, again, you can you can upload different size photos to Instagram. And it was it was a big deal because obviously people didn't want to have to crop portrait and, and lose the essence of maybe a nice landscape mm-hmm. photo. So that's mm-hmm. cool to see. OK. And then the other thing I understand, too, is that they're launching now advertising on September 30th. Yeah, so I think this is really exciting because it's for every company, whether you're global or whether you're just a local mom-and-pop shop. To be able to advertise on Instagram is something that, um, you know, you have a great way to reach millions of mobile users. Um, To me, as someone who has 
you use as Facebook advertising. I mm-hmm. know a lot of small business owners that dabble enough in Facebook advertising. Well, in order to use Instagram advertising, you can use your Facebook advertising dashboard. So you don't necessarily oh. have to learn a whole new interface and have a whole new setup to launch your Instagram ads. Mm. Now, these ads will appear within the Instagram images. Exactly. Just in your you. normal, you know, the, the Instagram news feed mm-hmm. equivalent, um, just, just like you see Facebook ads sitting in your news feed. So when you're on Instagram and you're scrolling through your friends' pictures, you'll see a post. You'll know it's an advertisement because, again, it will be marked sponsored, mm-hmm. as we've come to see. And then the three formats of ads are having an image, having a video, or they do allow, I'm excited for this option, a carousel. You can scroll oh, yeah. through, see a couple images, and even you know have a have a call to action button to drive people to your website. Well, all these uh, things that we're talking about really kind of fit in with that whole theme of the Digital Summit Detroit, which is digital marketing. These are extra ways of being able to market on Facebook now and also with Instagram. So, Emily, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Sure. We hope that you have a great week and that this is a very successful marketing experience for you when you go to the Detroit Digital Summit. Well, thanks, Foster. Great to talk to all you guys. Thank you so much for being with us. That's Emily Hay, who is our social media maven. We kind of tease her about that. Well, coming up in just a little bit, uh, we're going to have our panel in studio, especially led by Mr. Rick Breuder, who is the gadget guy, talk about the avalanche of gadgets that came out during that two-hour marathon in Cupertino. Avalanche. Avalanche. There we go. A brand new word. And Bill Carver, I bet that... That tugs at your heart. I'm I'm loving the term. (laughs) That's exactly how I want to die. (laughs) Well, we're going to be talking about some of the the, the biggest things that came out of there. I'm I'm fascinated to hear what you think was bigger, uh, the Apple iPad Pro or Apple TV or maybe something else. The Gadget Guy, Rick Broyd, is with us here in studio. We'll be talking about that coming up. So please don't miss this great program. We've got coming for you here on the Internet Advisor. And don't forget, we're looking forward to you sending us your computer questions through our email link, through the contact, or through the comment section at the bottom of our homepage, internetadvisor.net. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, and thank you so much for joining us here. Uh, By the way, you mentioned that uh, during the sports season, when MSU football and basketball are on, very often, like today, we are one hour, and we are not able to take our phone calls live during that hour with your questions. So we want to encourage you to go to our homepage, internetadvisor.net, and on the top of the page, the primary way of getting hold of us is if you look on the far right-hand side on the top, it says contact. If you click on there, you'll be able to send an email to us and ask any question you have. And then during the week, we'll answer them. And then on the weekends, in our second hour, which is part of the recorded program, part of our two-hour podcast, we will be publishing the answer. So you'll get the personal answer from us by email. And then for the rest of you who are joining us, you'll be able to hear the answer that our tech team puts together for people who have sent in questions. So want to let you know that you will still be able to get your questions in, but now it's going to be during the sports season in particular through that contact button. All right. Um, let me welcome the man of the hour to our program, and that is Mr. Rick Broida, who comes in every now and then to help us to take a look at some of the gadgets that are coming out, and then also in his alter ego as the cheapskate 
Tell us about ways of getting those things for better prices. Yes, sir. <laughs> Happy to be here. Thanks so much, Rick, for being here. Also, Bill Carbrick here, who is our uh, Mac expert, and you must have you must have had tingles all week because of this. I've had a great week, and also being next to Rick, I'm going to learn how to <laughs> save some money because I've got about four hundred dollars set to go into the Steve Jobs Memorial Fund. <laughs> <laughs> Cheapskate by osmosis. I gotcha. Eddie Riddell is here as well, and Gary Baker. Guys, thanks so much for being here. I just kind of quickly, uh, maybe just uh, start with you, Rick, and then around the horn. This is a two-hour event that took place this week, and there was I, everybody I listened to was kind of surprised at how much there was there because at the beginning I thought, oh, just another iPhone, just another iPad, and it was anything but that. They did trot out quite a lot uh, in the course of this two hours. Uh, that being said, I think the reaction for most people was fairly underwhelmed. Uh, nothing. I think we've, we've gotten past the point where we can really expect Apple to to change the world every yeah. year. It's a little you know, hard to do that, yeah. But they did. You know, there's some very interesting evolutionary uh, developments here, and I, I know we're going to talk a lot about them. Did did was there anybody? That was really, Bill, especially, I'm curious, were you wowed by anything? Actually, believe it or not, I was wowed by the small things, and there's two specific small things. There was the Apple TV remote. You know, the Apple oh, TV yes. itself, much faster box, much faster everything inside, a little bit taller, but the remote was amazing. Having Siri on there, just talking to that, they mentioned, you know, show me all the 007 movies with uh, Sean Connery as an yeah, example. Yeah, it just pops right. up with those things with zero effort. Which, if I try that on my Roku, uh, good luck. The closest I can come is to open the Roku app on my iPhone, type it in, and if I'm lucky, I get a whole bunch of unrelated things. Hmm. The other one was another inexpensive thing. So that's my $199. I'm going to buy the tall thing, buy the big one with mm-hmm. extra memory in it for all the apps. The other one that I thought was great was the Apple Pencil, which is part. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, and that was actually part of the iPad Pro, and the Apple Pencil um, really catches the, 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 the really well big things that Apple used to do all the time. One was to make new stuff that would make you want to take your old stuff, which is working perfectly fine, <laughs> and throw it out to get the new stuff. And it was some of the things, the Apple TV, just um, my Rokus are headed for recycling probably pretty soon, uh, or at least other sets. Uh, once I get done with that, the same thing with the uh, the iPad Pro and this pencil. Um, the, that's the other half what Apple did, was to take something you could do before with older technology and work in the same way you did before, and it just happens to be newer and better. Yeah. So the Apple Pencil not getting too deep. If you take a pencil, a piece of paper. So um, Apple's caught up? Apple has... <laughs> I'm, well, holding no, my, I'm holding my... I'm holding my... I knew, I knew my it was only so long before <laughs> Gary, that Gary could say silent I'm on saying, that. I'm He's holding up his, I'm his holding stylus. My, I'm holding up my stylus, my $10 stylus, <laughs> and I don't have to pay $200 for an uh, Apple Pencil. Yeah, but can so, you charge it? Anyways. <laughs> I don't need to. Yeah, it batteries. It's obviously not as good. It, but what's, what's nice I about don't the need pencil, to charge it. It works without it. Yeah, what's nice about the pencil, though, is it actually mimics an actual real pencil as far as being able to change the pressure on the screen and uh, if you're if you're into art and drawing, what you can do on a piece of paper, you can now do on a tablet. And that little tiny detail is actually revolutionary. Okay, Gary, you'll get your chance. You'll get your chance. <laughs> but we, what we Gary was holding get... up was the stylus that comes with the Microsoft uh, Surface. 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 Oh, uh, is that a thing that uh, Jobs threw across the stage and says, we're getting rid of this? And he <laughs> threw it across the stage. Actually, I thought, didn't he famously say that if you are using a stylus, you're doing it wrong? Yes, or something yes, like that. So, that. And now but here's Apple. See, he's dead. Well, so no, <laughs> Can, so. Apple can come out he with may all be the back stuff. after that. Uh, Quickly, yeah. uh, Ed, did you get to see any of the presentation? I know you're not no. an Apple user. No, nope, no, nope. I was actually working during those hours. 
So, no. <laughs> was there anything yourself. you heard that struck you? Yes, about the Apple TV, um, about how it sounded like Apple didn't really get their contracts in because it sounded like they really wanted to deliver the Apple TV with content, right? And 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 have a whole licensed with a whole bunch, which of is stuff. what and, and Apple does well. Yes, right. and that yeah. didn't happen. Maybe so, just but a they just timing. released the product with, and you could do gaming and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm hoping they do. You know, I'm hoping they'll revolutionize the the content with Apple TV because that's one of the things that's it's really missing. But that's coming, I think. Yeah, it's just, I think it's, it's, there's yeah. this new OS, basically, uh, TV OS, right? And right. so it's just a matter of, uh, I know that the box won't support web apps as they exist today, but I think if it, <clears throat> for any developer, it should be not too much difficulty to convert them uh, for Apple TV. So it's probably, yeah. I think it's just a matter of time. And, yeah. and, and Everything was, else is there. Netflix the comment, is there and HBO. It's yep, all good. The yep. comment at the time was, the big change was that now there are... With the Apple TV, there are there's an app store right. where there right. wasn't before, right. and the and the remote actually comes with not only Siri but it comes with a uh, um, a, a touchpad. Touch yeah, touch right. Excellent. Yeah. And I think yeah. Apple's learned something from Disney because pretty much everything they make now comes with a gift shop as you get off the ride. It's really <laughs> cool. <laughs> but I, but, but I, that's really what Apple does well, right? Which is yeah. deliver the whole product instead yes. of just the hardware or just the software. So Gary, what was the big thing for you uh, that struck I, you of it? You know, I, the interesting part. And I think we were hearing rumors of of Apple TV. I think that again, with the you know ability to take apps, when that's all there finally, and all the contracts are in place for the content, I think that's going to be you know it is going to be pretty special. Uh, what I th- thought was interesting was Apple is going after some of the business market, yes, and they've really not done that very well in the past. Mm -hmm. They've owned a lot of consumer mindshare, but they haven't done, and especially with the iPhones and the iPads, but um, but they haven't, and with the new iPad, with the detachable keyboard, iPad Pro, and uh, 13-inch, you're really starting to look at potentially a a business use for it, and there were a lot of people using the, you know, the prior iPad. the existing iPads uh, for business, right? But I think this one is more targeted at absolutely, use. and in many ways, the uh, the new iPad Pro looks like a Surface <laughs> in the sense, almost in terms of the same size screen. Well, it's actually bigger. It's, bigger. it's it's a, it's a tad bigger, twelve point nine inches. Yeah. So, Rip, back to you then. Okay, what do you think, Gadget Guy? What caught your eye as the big thing? Ah, oh, gosh, um, nothing. Ooh, yeah. nothing. Um, I had very similar reactions uh, with with some of the products uh, as you guys mentioned. Um, the Apple TV was just an evolutionary step for that product already exists. It was really just the Apple TV as it as it is now with apps and games uh, and a and a remote. Uh, the remote's cool. I definitely think it is. Um, it's going to be a learning curve type of thing for some people to have to use a touchscreen to interact with their mm-hmm. television. Um, the voice control, as I understand, I mean, the voice control was already introduced by Amazon and by Roku um, previous in the year, so that's not exactly a new thing. Uh, the addition of Siri is nice. Um, so, you know, I I like it. Uh, nothing, but am I going to rush out and buy one? I'm not. It struck me in many ways that they were catching up to other technologies that are out right, there. Right, which is kind of the Apple modus operandi. Yeah, you know, they, yeah. they see a segment that is maybe not quite as polished as it could be, they right. come in and they polish. Mm-hmm. And right. they polish beautifully, no yep. question. Um, I was really hoping to see some movement on the Apple Watch front where... 
I, I don't know what I was expecting. I really was hoping they were going to drop the price of the Apple Watch. I thought um, I thought they might come in with like a two ninety nine model or something like that. And that just didn't happen. Or come up, or come up with new transducers or something or yes, something. Right. You know, yeah. some some progress there, but there was nothing there. And then um, you know the the iPhones. Uh, the this has to be the most most disappointing iPhone upgrade cycle since the iPhone four went to the four S. I mean, yeah, it was I, really well in the five and the five S, right? So every right, S yeah. is kind of yeah. Like the that. S's are the iterations. They're yeah. the uh, embellishments on something yeah, could, that exists. We could discuss what S really stands for in this case. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Although with a we'll pressure-sensitive <laughs> yeah, pressure screen, speaking of sensitive, with a pressure-sensitive screen, though, they've got new things that have an iOS 9 that you can do that I thought made the phone incredible. Is that what they're calling the 3D? Because basically, it's time-based also, right? So and that's pressure. time and pressure. pressure. Time and pressure. Yeah. yeah, so this is the forced... A number of people have commented on this. It's the forced touch right. renamed. Yeah, exactly. And heaven knows why they renamed it. But they did. In, in any case, that's the new experience that's going to be available and has a number of things that it does on the phone. We're going to come back in just a minute with our continuing commentary on these Apple devices that have been released with Rick Broida, the Gadget Guy, as we continue with the Internet Advisor. Let me take a moment to thank the guy behind the glass, Mike Stett, who is our engineer for helping us to stay on the air here. Uh, you know, folks, it's been, uh, well, almost 18 years that Gary Baker and I have been doing this program. And the principle we started with is the same one we have today, and that is to help you folks uh, enjoy your computers, get to deal with the com- problems and confusions you might have with a computer or getting on the internet or getting around it, <laughs> as we say sometimes, or getting over it. And we want to continue that when we move into the sports season here at WJR with uh, MSU football and basketball, we find ourselves sometimes kind of bumped around by the teams. Um, and we want to make sure that you know that you can still get your questions to us. And uh, this program is actually a two-hour program. We have a podcast that's two hours long, and on Sunday nights, you'll find that at uh, internetadvisor.net. If you go over there, you'll find the link to our current podcast. And this one's called Apple Pickin' with the Gadget Guy, Rick Broida. We'll be back to that in just a moment. But at the top of the page on the far right-hand side, you'll find a button that says Contact. If you click on that, that will open up an email in which you can tell us what your particular computer problem is and internet problem. And we will work during the week, Ed Rudell and Cal and Gary and myself will work during the week to answer that question. And then on the following weekend, during the second hour of our program, you'll be able to hear the answers that we've come up with to some of those questions. So we want you to know that while you may not be able to call in with a live question now, you still have a chance, and we really want you to continue to send us your questions by going to internetadvisor.net and then clicking on the program for the week where it says more information. And then in the upper right-hand side on contact, click on that, and you can send us the question through that. Okay, let's get back in studio with us. Uh, we've got Bill Carver. We've got Rick Broida, the Gadget Guy, Eddie Rudell, and Gary Baker, and myself, Foster Brown. And, Rick, let's go back to talking about this huge event with Apple. And um, while you seem to see it was a ho-hum experience, uh, a lot of people are just absolutely blown away by this iPad Pro. 
Yes, this has been something that's I think a long time in the making. Um, it's interesting that that I think Steve Jobs famously uh, always was against uh, anything larger. Um, but it's what's really interesting to me is you know now Apple has got themselves um, close to the equivalent of a a thirteen point three inch laptop Very minus close, yes. minus the keyboard, right? Yep. Okay, which is I think the kind of the um, an ideal size, really, mm-hmm. for, for portability's sake, and very close to what the Surface Pro uh, has to offer. And it got me wondering, like, so did Apple just legitimize what Microsoft has been trying to do <laughs> with the Surface Pro? It is interesting. Yeah. Or is it is it a case where they're both trying to answer a question that nobody asked? You know, because a 13-inch-ish mm. Tablet, it just doesn't make a ton of sense. It no, just doesn't. It's too, it's too big. I don't think it's it ideal size. It's at not all. the kind of thing you're going to sit with your in with with your lap. Yeah. Um, it's just a, it's an awkward size. And so, so it then it be, sorry it just it begs the question then. Well, without a keyboard, with a keyboard, it's great because now you got productivity. Now right, you can type. Right, you can do right. stuff. But then why am I not just buying a MacBook Air? So I, I'm really yes. again trying to wrap my brain around whether this and whole the price concept. Point, oh my goodness, it's pretty much the same. Right, starts at seven ninety nine. Right. Okay, right. and actually, I was you mentioned that this is a, an interesting option for business users. I actually look. Well, up, go ahead. Yeah, and I didn't say that. I said tar- they were trying to get into the business market. I don't think this is going to be very popular in business any more so than a regular iPad. No, I, I don't think so either. I think where where they have some potential here is actually with the senior set, because mm-hmm. for I, folks I like my my parents, for example, uh, you know, my mom's been hot and heavy for a new laptop, and mm-hmm. I keep saying, well, why don't you just use an iPad with a keyboard, oh. right? Because it gives you everything you need, you know, no viruses, instant on, it's all good. And she, she the one complaint is the screen's too small. Well, now here's an iPad with a bigger exactly. screen, pair it with a keyboard, and you're good to go. But Eight hundred dollars plus a hundred dollars for the keyboard. Hundred and sixty. Oh, sorry. Nine. Is it one sixty nine for the keyboard? One sixty nine. Oh, welcome That's to Microsoft really Country. Nice <laughs> God, come on, Apple. Um, so <laughs> now you're at a thousand dollars all for all intents oh, yeah. and purposes. And yeah. so really, I mean, that's insane. So, that's insane to spend that kind of money on what is a glorified web appliance. So uh, why not, for your mom, just get her a web TV or a um, Apple TV. It'll have Siri on there, and she could surf the internet. Play There's no browser. Games. Is there a browser? Is there a browser? That's what, is there a browser? <laughs> so, I, yeah, I didn't no, see a browser. No, 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 that's browser. not portable. You can't take your TV with you. You just take it to a hotel <laughs> and plug it into their HDMI. <laughs> oh, <but> one, <laughs> one thing they did mention about, that, uh, about the iPad Pro, though, was they mentioned that it was faster than anything they have in laptop. It's actually faster than the 15-inch MacBook Pro, their top-of-the-line one. It's um, And they actually came up with a statistic. I haven't verified it yet, but I've never seen Apple go terribly wrong on these things. It's actually the iPad, if you use that as a laptop, it's actually faster than 90% of laptops out there. And that's where that price point comes in. But you know what? I'm glad you brought that up, Bill, because I roll my eyes all the way to the back of my head. <laughs> Every time Phil Schiller's out there talking about this next-gen chip and that this is twice as fast and this is three times as fast, who cares? We're way past the point where speed is an issue, especially in a tablet. Push a button, it's on. Yeah. Tap Safari, it's open. How much faster do we need to be? Do we need it to load yesterday? It's... I don't. That I don't think is a big the next version point. has the flux capacitor in it. <laughs> That's what I want. There you go. So I just my wife's computer kind of gave up the ghost, and we said, okay, we'll get a new one, and we bought a Dell. 
Um, I thought that she wanted to go with a little larger screen than she had. She went down smaller than she had. She said, you know what, I'm going to have to wear glasses anyway, so I might as well <laughs> just get a smaller one yeah. that I can carry around. Yeah. It's a two-in-one, so it looks like a tablet when you How want to have the screen, it as a Gary? tablet. It's a little larger than the Surface. It's an 11.3 okay. or something like that. Oh. Um, and, you know, with the ret- and it was a retina screen, so it's very clear. And she said, you know what? I can see the smaller screen with that kind of clarity, that Mm. kind of definition, better than I can a larger screen without the retina display. Mm, So she, so we went and we looked at, at, um, uh, Best Buy and she compared. She turned them all on. She played with them all. She liked the tactile feel a lot better. And it was 500 bucks. Yeah, and that's and, wow, and, and it's really and it, what brand it, was that? Gary? It was a Dell, a Dell, a two and one. Yeah, and but does it support? Does it have ten hours? Uh, it has ten hours. No, yeah, really? Yep, yep. Ten hours of battery life. Ten hours of battery life. Ten hours. It's, it seems like we're kind of getting there now. That's with what they're a lot saying. The, In fact, there's great. there's one Dell that has uh, twelve. She didn't go for that one. Yeah, whether it's a tablet now or, or a laptop with an SSD or a Chromebook or whatever, it seems like you can, for whatever reason, we're yeah. now able to get and closer the, to that magic and number. And there's two or three that are nine hours from Dell. So Maybe. she, she, you know, I mean, that they were all good enough. So she, we, that wasn't a deciding factor for we her. We often get this question here when people will call in and say, I'm looking for a new laptop. I'm looking to, to move up and into something. Uh, does this new iPad Pro now fit into that niche or the place to move into, you think? Sure, so, if you've got the money. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, if you right. can afford it, it's, it would be a great solution. So I will tell you the Dell is is thinner than the um, iPad with the keyboard. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Once you add a keyboard in, you know, you're all of a sudden, yeah, it's not a tablet it, anymore, it, right? It's, it's looks, a laptop. It looks like a laptop. <laughs> yeah. And this is smaller, and she figures that it fits in. And probably so, has a much better keyboard. It does have yeah, a better keyboard. Right. It's better, it's better tactile. Fabric-y Don't you, sort of yeah. In terms thing. of marketing, I wonder, why didn't Apple decide just to throw the keyboard in and make this a real well, game? Well, but Surface doesn't do that. Microsoft no, didn't do that. No, but that's what I mean. Either. Microsoft right. doesn't do that. And we both kind of torn our hair out about yeah. this. Why the heck don't you just put it in Could there? Could not agree Some more. Some people might not want it, I guess. And then you don't pay <sighs> for it. And also, <laughs> Apple's pretty picky about keyboards also. One of the points they made is uh, on the Apple keyboards, they use something they invented called the dome switch. And this keyboard has that same great feel that Apple keyboards have. Well, folks, we're going to do something here. This is the the end of our live broadcast here on WJR. And Rick, I want to thank you for being around to, to do this. But I should let you folks know that there is another hour of the Internet Advisor coming. And that will be available on our podcast. And during that one, Rick... Uh, We're going to be talking about um, the Apple upgrade plan, which I found a very interesting one, kind of going after the carriers to try to get you hooked into, get get on the Apple treadmill. (laughs) If you want to do this on the cheap, do not miss that second hour. Find that second hour. Listen. That's when the cheapskate will come out. Cheapskate is coming out. (laughs) We're going to get our cheapskate on in that second hour. We're also going to be talking about comparing Amazon Prime and Netflix and Apple with this new plan. So there'll be a lot for you to listen to in that second hour of the Internet Advisor. Again, find it starting on Sunday nights by going to internetadvisor.net. Have a great day and go Michigan. Date. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, 
and many other resources. You'll also find links to MITechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome to our number two of the Internet Advisor. Hi, I'm Foster Brown, the producer and co-host of the program, along with Gary Baker, Edward Dell, very special guest, Mr. Rick Broidak, and Bill Carver, who was with us in studio as well. And this hour, we're going to be, uh, it'll be the hour of the cheapskate. <laughs> Bill, pardon me, uh, Rick Broida is not only our great gadget guy, but cheapskate, and we're going to be talking about saving a lot of money. Hello, this is Foster Brown, the uh, producer and co-host of the Internet Advisor, along with my old buddy Gary Baker in studio. Gary, good to have you here. It's great to be here. Mr. Ed Rudell. Hello, Foster. Always good to have you here. And a very special guest, Mr. Rick Broida, who is our gadget guy. And we've been talking uh, in our first hour about lots of Apple gadgets that came out. But this hour, we're going to have you put on your other hat, which is your cheapskate hat. <laughs> my and, cheap hat. I'm and so those, cheap, I won't even tip my hat. And, you know, <laughs> and those two don't go together. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Apple I was gonna and cheap doesn't the same go together. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a split personality in some ways. Bill Carver is also here, and he is definitely not a split personality. Somebody who is very dedicated to his uh, world of Apple products. Good to have you here, Bill. <laughs> yep. Good to be here. And um, guys, during the last hour, uh, we were talking, Rick, about the... Uh, the just a whole flurry of gadgets that came out from Apple in this last week, and we had uh, the Apple TV, which have been much waited for, uh, the iPad Pro, which surprised some people in terms of how it came out, um, and the iPhone 6s. Now there was also, I think, something for the watch that came out. Uh, and I thought they were not, applic- not a new product for the watch, but new bands, new, uh, bands, new, exactly, yeah. uh, new version of the, you know, the OS nine is going to carry the OS two, I think, right? For Apple watch. I think they call it watch OS two, watch two, watch OS two, right? Watch me. Watch now. <laughs> yeah, it's some some new features. One of which is it opens up more functions for developers to make uh, apps for the watch. Mm-hmm. Just more fun things. They showed off one. Uh, one app in there that was actually for medical people. It was uh, one that would oh, yes. be able to determine the difference between a mother's heartbeat and her unborn child at the same time. And he can actually, and the, the doctor that was talking about this, or the person that was talking about it, um, had mentioned you couldn't do that before. It was difficult to tell the difference between one heartbeat and the other wow. and remotely. And you could do this from home, so you wouldn't have to go to the doctor's office. So do, do I have to lay the watch in my belly? It'll do it from the wrist. <laughs> um, I tried it with mine. It didn't work either. But okay, okay. <laughs> Could it detect hey, my fat, baby? Just, yeah. <laughs> the indigestion, I think, is what was going on. There. But anyway. yeah, there's four guys in a room all talking about... <laughs> yeah, something that we have no business talking about. But but the interesting part there, I thought, was that there are now some native apps being developed for the, uh, the watch, which is the big deal. Am I right on that? That's one of the things. Yeah. Rather than the... Um, yeah, the, the creativity of the millions right. rather than the few. Yeah, so that's a great idea. Yeah. 
And so you've got some kind of uh, some of those in, in and, and that I think that ones. will continue and mm-hmm. and independent developers just like the App Store, right? Will oh. go ahead and develop. If only Microsoft would open that up so people oh. could develop apps for their their mm-hmm. phones. Well, they are, but it's yeah. nobody seems. Yeah, to but no one wants to do the one. Nobody wants to. Yeah, no one right. wants to. Well, you know, we're talking watches though. Do you want to you know segue a little bit and talk about the uh, the development in the uh, iOS watch arena? That yeah, let's do that. Yes, related exactly. to Apple yeah. Watch. Uh, so Android Wear, which is Google's uh, uh, watch operating system, yep. uh, is now available for iOS. So if you have an iPhone and you want a watch that's not an Apple Watch, you can now choose from a growing number of Android Wear products. Can you give a couple examples of that? Sure. So the uh, Moto 360, which uh, right. was the big uh, much-ballyhooed watch that came out last year, right. uh, has some limited compa- compatibility with it. Um, some of the newer models, like the LG Urbane, uh, the, I'm going to try to say this company name correctly, the Huawei Watch. Oh, Huawei, yes. Huawei, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, the Chinese uh, company, right. Yes, H-U-A-W-E-I, right. I think is how that's spelled. Uh, that watch is coming. I'm actually expecting that this weekend for review. Um, but it, what's cool, and I actually got a chance to, to play around with this a little bit, um, there's definitely some limitations, unfortunately, in what the watch can do. You, you can't you can't install any third-party apps. You're limited on the number of watch faces that you can use. But you can still get things like notifications and step tracking and uh, some of the good core functions of a smartwatch mm-hmm. that I really like. And the watches themselves are very nice. Very so like the S this LG Urbane, which granted is three fifty just like the Apple Watches. It's a nice piece of hardware. It's this big, beautiful round face and mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of so it's neat to see those that option come to the iOS crowd. Is it kind of a maturing of that whole segment, that whole uh, iWatch kind of segment, do you think, that that's what's happening? There's, it's funny how there's a lot of activity in that area, and I yet I still don't think anyone has cracked it. I don't think Apple's cracked yeah, it. I don't think yeah. Android Wear has cracked it. Even Pebble. I'm actually wearing the, the new Pebble Time Steel on my wrist right now. Ha-ha, <laughs> surprise. Um, <laughs> I didn't tell anyone until just now. <laughs> and, um, Jump and, I, him. and I like this, but there's still, there's nobody has really figured out the perfect blend of, of usability and appearance and uh, battery life being a, a huge feature, I think, uh, that... You know, how Pebble, many days are you getting now in those? So actually, the Pebble Time Steel, even better than the Pebble Time, both are new models this year, lasts for a good eight or nine days between charges, which is really eight good. Eight or nine days? Really wow. good. Better that's, than that's kind three of, or four of them. Yeah, days. that's a huge leap. Wow. And it's smaller than, uh, than they started out to be, so you don't have to switch... Um, you switch arms, or switch wrists. <laughs> you get uh, tired. You know, yeah, because you get tired halfway through the day, right? <laughs> God, looking, he does have one arm that's much bigger than the other. <laughs> yeah, my, my left is all bulked up now. Kind of like half uh, a Popeye. No, you know what? The, and the time is is nice. Um, and again, I chose this, the steel model. Love the look of it. There's a lot of bezel surrounding the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's 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 okay. It's okay. It's getting and, there. And the kick is also that it, it's interoperable now with iOS. With iOS the, and Android. Yeah. And so Android. this is Between one of the two watches okay. that is cross-platform. And so it's, a, it's and I think, that is still a big the deal. best of breed right now. And, and again, the Pebble Time is, is $199. The Pebble Time Steel is $249. So it's a little more affordable than any of the Android Wear uh, watches or the uh, Apple Watch. So there's, it's nice to see some development here. But again, I don't think anyone's perfected it yet. Rick, I want you to talk about the Apple Upgrade Program. Yes. I want you to do the math and help us. <laughs> oh, man. That's the cheapskate. That's why we have him here. Okay. 
Welcome to the Internet Advisor, hour number two. And by the way, you have been able to enjoy this because you've gotten onto the fact that we have a podcast where we have both hours of the Internet Advisor that you can enjoy. And that's right. We still do a two-hour program uh, during the MSU sports season when football and basketball are on the air on our flagship station, WJR. Very often you will only hear one hour of our program, and that uh, happened this last week to be the first hour in which uh, Rick Breuder, who is in studio with us, talked about some of the Apple devices, the Apple TV, and we talked about the iPhone 6S and the iPad Pro and some things like that. Uh, this hour, we're going to be talking about some other aspects of that, and you get to enjoy both of those, obviously, because you found this through our podcast. And you can find that any number of different ways by simply going to Internet internetadvisor.net and there you'll see the list of our podcast and you'll see one that's identified as this week's podcast and that's our uh, apple picking podcast with the gadget guy <laughs> and if you go to the click on the more you'll be able to see the show notes and then if you have a question for us you can send us that by going to the contact button which is in the far upper right hand side of that show note page okay uh let's get back to our guests who were in studio mr gary baker of course ed rudell bill carver's here from the apple side of the street and and also with us is mr rick broidum rick is our gadget guy but he is also noted as the cheapskate and you've been writing about that for a long time haven't you all sorts yeah, of it's, uh, deals i think it's i think i just had my or i'm coming up on my eighth anniversary writing the cheapskate wow. which is the longest gig i've had of any kind in my entire work life so and you can uh, tell yeah. what works then can't you i guess so i guess so some people seem to like it always great deals and we're going to be talking about in fact about one that's a fascinating little deal that'll help those of you who have iphone 6 pluses to hang on to them better I want to talk about, if we could in this segment, the whole Apple upgrade program that they brought up, which for me was one of the most fascinating things. Um, in essence, they're saying that they now have a program, much like um, AT&T and some of the other carriers have come up with, where you pay a monthly fee and, in essence, pay off the phone in installments um, up to a certain point. Right. Yeah, but, but, uh, but not, the carriers have had this for a while. Yes, so that's this why I isn't said. anything. No, 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 is, no. But this, no, no. what's interesting is that this takes it away from the carriers yeah, and yes. gives the money to Apple. So this is this, and I'm sure the carriers are none too happy with it. I think uh, in this sense, the announcement, Sprint and T-Mobile both have kind of come back with their own programs uh, that are better, eh? that are better, that oh, are cheaper. Cool. Uh, in fact, Sprint I think uh, was was way below. I was they had some that were starting in the twenty dollar a month range. Wow. Um, you know, so so yeah. Let's let's talk about this a little bit because yes. it's very interesting. What I mean, is it? Let's let's say what is the deal that they're offering? Right. So this is, Apple's upgrade program is essentially a leasing program, not not at all dissimilar to how you would lease a, a car. And so there's no money down, and you just pay X amount of dollars per month, depending on which model you get and with how much RAM. Uh, excuse me, with how much storage. Mm-hmm. And so is starting at I think <laughs> I don't know where they come up with these numbers. Thirty two forty one per month gets you the sixteen gigabyte iPhone six S. And that's unlimited mileage? That- <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. I don't know about the oil mileage. changes included. <laughs> oil changes included. <laughs> and on up at the top end of the spectrum for the one hundred and twenty eight gigabyte uh iPhone six S plus is forty four ninety one per month. But let's remember, very importantly, that that does not give you service. That just gets you the phone. Right. So now you need 
need to go to a carrier. And what's nice is that you can kind of go to the carrier you want. It doesn't have oh, to be. Excuse me. It does give you service, doesn't it, with the Apple Plus program? You have the Apple Care. Apple program. Care is a warranty program. It's a service, it's a service yeah, it's package. It's service talking about the carrier. The We're talking oh, about the, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. When okay. I say service, I'm talking about your, your carrier, which you yeah. need for data and, and for phone calls. And, 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 no, okay, thank and you. that's almost sure. exactly what AT&T does. I don't know about Verizon because I have one of those plans. Right. And, and as you say, all the carriers have had, uh, many of the carriers at least have had something very similar for, for quite a while. This is just doing it through Apple. Um, but you will then still need to go to one of those carriers and get service. Now, you can do this without a contract, mm-hmm. which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, And you could go to like a, um, a straight talk or a cricket and get maybe a slightly better, cheaper mm-hmm. deal uh, than you would from one of the big carriers. Although th- they've gotten very competitive in the last year as far as pricing goes. So there's no guarantee that even going to um, you know to a cricket or one of the smaller carriers is going to help you in that respect. But uh, you have a lot of options now, which which is nice. If you do the math, that's now, what I want to that, find out. Yeah, now so we're going to get into math, which is not really my strong suit uh, <laughs> as an English former English major. But um, if you do the math, you're still ending up paying sixty, seventy, eighty dollars a month, the same as you were years ago when you bought the subsidized phone and you were stuck with a two-year contract and a and a fifty, sixty, seventy dollar a month uh, carrier charge. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, but, it's still costing you. But you the know? difference is, the difference that is in at the end of two years. Yes. You pay the phone off, and then you drop to a very low cost for the service itself. That, but you know what? That's been that's always been the case because no, at the end of a two year contract, you you owned the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, but, but yeah, but the carriers, the, the carriers, carriers would never when they, reduce it. Oh the no, that's true. Never reduced. Yeah. It. No, that's so true. Now they do. It does go down. So if you keep your phone more than two years, right. it does pay to do it that is, way. Is the difference then that Apple says you can do this after one year? Is that the big difference? Yeah, no, you can so upgrade you, the phone. Everybody does that. There it's, is something different in the Apple plan that's uh, sort of missing in the math, and that is um, where the price comes from, actually. Apple had a plan for the phone that if you drop the phone, throw it, or anything up to twice a year, you could replace that uh, in the whole spot, and that was called AppleCare Plus. That's mm-hmm. included in Apple's plan, so that's one thing different. Yeah, now, and the there's value in that. Oh, yes, yeah, huge. And they deliver it with a quadcopter directly to your house. <laughs> Actually, I think uh, I think Tim Cook stops by immediately for you when he gets there. But, but uh, seriously, you have to go to an Apple store. To you have get to go it. to an Apple store to get the Apple deal. You gotcha. Can't okay. Get it online or anything like that. Okay, so um, you get Apple Care Plus. It's a year. That's the term with this versus two years with the carrier, right? So that's another big deal. Two years of payments, but you can replace the phone. You every can replace year. the phone every year. So if you replace it after one year, no then you're going to. Start up a new two-year plan at that time, mm-hmm. so you're going to be in bed with oh. Apple forever. Right. <laughs> yeah, okay, and the same with the carriers. Yeah, you can okay. replace it after a year. So essentially, there's no difference. Not much. Again, you, there's the Apple Care Plus, which that's, that's which definitely difference. has value. Very that much. And you are basically being carrier agnostic in that you can take the phone to whatever carrier you want, and okay. if you, as as you as you want, probably a little more easily than you could if you went through the carrier. Um, and even then, you know, the things have shifted so much in the past year or so. So help me, guys. I have an I have the Apple uh, iPhone six plus right mm-hmm. now. Where would I go, and and how would I get rid of that and get into this game? So you're talking about if you want to sell that phone uh, or any current phone that you have and upgrade right. to one of the new ones, right? Right. So yeah. So now we're getting into the area of um, of reselling your phone in order to buy the the latest and greatest, okay. right? And obviously a very popular 
thing to do. What's cool about iPhones, um, amazing to me really, is they keep their value. Um, you know, the, you can resell an older model phone, especially yeah. one that's just a year or two old, for quite a lot. Um, now, there's a glut. There's always the inevitable glut that follows the, the release uh, of a new, a new model. Right, so you may exactly. not get top dollar for it. But um, just for sake of argument, if you had spent, um, you know, $700 to buy your iPhone 6, uh, 6 Plus a mm-hmm. year ago, mm-hmm. you could probably turn around and sell it for close to $500 now. Now, I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know that that's, okay. that's the case. But for a decent chunk of money, you know, and then so you turn around and take that $500 and apply it to the next model, you're uh, not spending a ton to do this upgrade. If now, you where would you sell it? That way. Where would you typically sell it? I just turned mine back into Apple, and they gave me a very reduced price okay. in the next So you can turn but it into But I don't Apple. know if they do that always or just they well, have to do it at the time cycling they call it which they they do that trade-in program with right. that so i don't know though is that bill you may know this do they do that all the time or i thought maybe i caught a deal or something yeah they've been doing it all the time so far okay and of course what i've used myself i'm kind of lazy is the difference is he's the cheapskate i'm the lazy one <laughs> and so i've been using gazelle.com for that which has been good they've been for me, fair enough price for just getting rid of the phone and taking care of all the shipping and all that. So can I just take my AT&T phone and then just sell it someplace? Or what obligation do I have to AT&T? Well, so are you still under contract with AT&T? Yeah. That's the question. Okay. Yeah. So you can you can do that, but you want to make sure to get the phone unlocked before you do that um, be, so that the next uh, person can actually turn around and use it. Okay. Um, and you want to make sure to wipe the phone first, of course. Okay. Uh, so all your data is Well, is I could actually take that AT&T phone, sell it someplace yeah. else. Do I owe AT&T? any money? It, well, again, it depends on the the nature of your current contract with right. them, but probably not. We'll get into this a little further in just a moment. Once again, I'd like to thank uh, Mike Stett, who is our engineer today, the man behind the glass, for helping us to get this second hour of the Internet Advisor in the bag for you. And uh, thank you very much for uh, tuning in to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. And thanks to the guys at IT and the D who have made it possible for us to be part of the PodcastDetroit.com network. It's a growing podcast network, and uh, we are very proud to be part of that. And congratulations to Mike Brennan and Matt Rausch, old friends of ours, who have just started a brand new program on the, the Podcast Detroit network. It's called M Squared Tech. And it's about the two guys, Eminem, <laughs> Matt and Mike, who have long been uh, tech commentators, now have got a special a program, a 15-minute program, I believe, that they're putting together on a regular basis on Mondays, and that's on podcastdetroit.com. Check it out. Uh, back to the guys in the studio here. Rick Broyd, of course, is helping us as the Chiefsgate to uh, kind of navigate our way through what has been kind of one of the most, to me, interesting parts of the new phone. Because the the phone, generally speaking, the iPhone 6S, um, yeah, there's things under the hood, like the Force Touch, which is now called 3D Touch, and some other things that are becoming. And Bill Carver, who's with us, uh, you know, familiar with AT&T, uh, probably with, with uh, Apple, there's a new operating system coming out, iOS 9, that's coming out soon, right? Yeah, it's actually coming, I think they said, in two weeks, uh, September 16 or somewhere, somewhere close to that. I'm looking okay. forward to having my phone slowed down a little bit. <laughs> All right. And that will then take advantage of some new things that are under the hood in the iPhone 6S. But basically, if you looked at it on the outside, you couldn't see a difference between an iPhone 6S and an iPhone 6. They look the same on the outside. There's no differences. Obviously, there are some technical ones. So, but the big thing that people have been talking about is the upgrade program. Now, we've, we've 
talked about some of the ins and outs of it. I should say, by the way, I saw an interesting article by Maggie Reardon, who is uh, with um, CNET, and, and uh, Ricky Wright for CNET as well. Uh, Maggie does an excellent job of kind of taking people's practical questions, and hers was the Apple iPhone upgrade program, what you need to know, and she's got a lot of stuff in there you can check out. My question is uh, for you, Rick, before we move on to some other things, and I do want to move on to some other things, what is there an overriding value to me to being plugged into uh, a yearly upgrade with the iPhone line? In other words, are there benefits to that that I don't get if I'm locked into a carrier? You know, I don't know that there's any big benefit to doing it this way. Be, if you're the type of person who wants the new, the, the cool new phone every year, yep. anyway, um, you're going to do it, right? So it's just a question of whether you're going to you know, jump in with this program and maybe take advantage of the Apple Care Plus that comes with it, uh, which is a nice benefit, to be sure, if you're the type of person who drops your phone <laughs> regularly. Um, but, you know, for somebody like Bill or myself, who, you know, we typically uh, do it the, the other way, which is to just kind of sell our phone um, every year on eBay or, or Gazelle or a site like that, and then just take that money and apply it to the new model. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's... You know, different ways of accomplishing the same goal. So it's nice to see this this available. But again, if you go through the carriers, they're offering programs that are even better than what Apple is offering. So you can save money that way. Um, it's just it's all good right now. The big <laughs> deal for Apple is this is a way of keeping people around for their phones sure. for the next generation of phones. Because you wonder, at I was one of the commentators was saying Apple could never think of repeating the kind of boom that they got with the iPhone six and six plus. I wouldn't think so. And it, it always every every year every iteration, I'm left wondering, well, what is Apple going to do next? Yeah, you know, what is the iPhone six going to look like? Act, you know, what is that next act going to be? Okay, let's move on to something else, and that's. This is where I, I will ask you to put your cheapskate hat on. Um, can you compare services like Amazon Prime and Netflix and Apple and what they're offering? And, and which one do you think looks like the better service to be locked into? Right. So the reason we're talking about this, of course, is that um, Amazon announced um, the week before last, uh, got in a little ahead of Apple, um, a small but very meaningful new feature, a new addition to their Prime service. Now, for those who don't know, Amazon Prime is $99 a year, and it gets you, among other things, uh, free two-day shipping, which is the best thing ever. Um, but <laughs> it, it also gets you unlimited streaming of movies and yes. TV shows, free. Uh, much like Netflix. Yeah. Free right. as part of your Prime mm-hmm. subscription. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Owners of Amazon's Fire products, the Fire phone, the Fire uh, tablets, have had uh, the enviable capability of downloading those movies and TV shows for offline viewing. So instead oh, of having oh. to stream them, you could you could download you know uh, a season of The Good Wife or Justified or whatever right, right. to take with you on an airplane and binge watch and whatever. Oh, right. it's a nice little feature and, right, and right. not even very well known. Now. Amazon allows you, if you have uh, an iOS device, uh, or an, I believe also Android devices, and the Amazon Prime app, you can do the same thing. So Ooh. it's no longer limited to just owners of the Fire TV and, uh, excuse me, Fire, uh, Fire tablet stick. and phone right. products. Well, just the mobile devices. Right, right, right. Um, so, which is a big deal, because Netflix does not offer that feature and has really come out publicly saying they're not likely to do so. I, I have the uh, Amazon Fire Stick, and I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't know I could download movies. Not, not I to the Fire either. Stick. I want to make. I want to clarify. Right, right. So we're talking so, about the the Fire, uh, uh, the Kindle Fire tablets. Yep. And the Fire Phone. Okay. Thank yeah. You. Those okay. are the, the mobile okay. devices. The right. Fire Phone, which no longer exists. Which the which apparently has been discontinued <laughs> right. or is is done for. So um, anyway, I think this is, um, and it's to me, it's not an either or proposition. I don't think people are going to choose Amazon Prime just for this feature. Um, I think that's a good point. Uh, a lot of, I think, I mean, for me, I, I got to have Prime and I got to have Netflix. I cannot give up one or the other. Right. And thankfully, they're cheap. You know, it works right. out to eight, nine bucks a month. Right. Um, you know, hopefully not a deal breaker for anybody. And, um, but... It's just interesting to me that Amazon has come up with this with this option uh, that that's a really one-upsmanship on Netflix. Now, one of the things I've noticed is is with these uh, is is they're always renegotiating or they lose contract with Warner Brothers right. and all the Warner Brother movies are pulled and then yes. they yes. or they lose this and that's been frustrating. I'm like, Come on, yep. I was really looking forward to watching the Harry Potter sequence all over again this Christmas <laughs> and now I can't watch them you know that's true yeah actually that was another thing that uh, Netflix had a little uh, hiccup uh, the yeah. last couple of weeks or I think uh, epics uh, yep. I think they lost yes. all the, you know or, yes. or did not renew their yes. contract mm-hmm. with that service whereas Amazon Prime still has it and I think um Someone Hulu? else, someone else, uh, Hulu? has, ma- Hulu, thank you, uh, was picking them up. Hulu was picking it up. Oh, ah. Hulu also announced a, um, a, a new option where you could have commercial free streaming. So they have like, Ooh. I think it's now $13 a month. If you pay a little extra, you can do away with commercials, which was always the big gripe I had with Hulu. So things are starting to get very interesting in the streaming world. I don't I don't believe it because I was promised never to see commercials again when I got cable TV <laughs> in the 80s, okay? No. And You're I know dating yourself. Oh, sorry. This is where I get to out cheap the cheapskate because the other thing that bothers me about Hulu commercials is the fact that they keep running the same one over. And over, yes. If they had a variety of commercials, that's great. But other than that, um, it's mind. worth seven dollars to give me a moment to go out of the room and get another soda. Stick your finger down. Cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah that thing you done for. for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if they could target the commercial to you, that might be interesting. But that I had would, to put in the refrigerator. But then creepy. <laughs> <laughs> no, is Apple coming up with anything that's that's kind of like this? That uh, not they, they don't have a scrip- subscription basis right now. Not for not for movies and TV shows. Right. They have their, right. They their have music, music service, yes. of course. Right. Yes, of and course so they have that. One would argue it's probably the logical next step for them, but they probably s- make so much money selling movies and TV shows through iTunes. It, it makes me wonder: oh, Will they get point. into that space? They do have iTunes rental. As well, you can rent movies on there, right? But now it's not an all-you-can-eat Netflix type of solution. Depends on how much money. Do you, you have think to eat. that they're going to have to bow though to this pressure from Amazon Prime and Hulu and some of these other ones? I I don't. You know, does does Apple really bow to anyone ever? <laughs> they just That's they true. just catch up. You know, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I was you know I think if they were going to do that, the Apple TV announcement would have been the interesting time to to do it. You know, oh yes. by the way, uh, we also have this new streaming service. Well, and you had said this before that it you thought. That when you saw the Apple announcement for the Apple TV, that it actually signaled kind of a failure on their part yeah, to be able like, to okay, get we're those ready, contracts. We're ready. You got to wonder what was happening in the background. Yeah. There was a lot of speculation that they were going to come up with their own streaming service and negotiate some sort of contract with who knows the NFL Network. Or well, <laughs> it had been said that they had muscled their way into yes. the music industry and the t- and the. TV and videos and movies, etc., are saying, no way, Jose. I, I think that's what's happening. That's, that's not going to happen. Hey, when we come back, Rick, we're going to wrap things up with some other cheapskate kind of things you've got, including one called Strap and uh, another one, I think, called Lazy Hands. Yes. We'll talk about that in just a moment with Rick Broida. 
I certainly hope that you've enjoyed this program as much as I have. With uh, It's always good having you in here, Rick Freuda, because I, I love getting your perspective on the gadgets that are out there and also some of the neat cheap things that you have run across and so uh, let's get out of the conversation about uh, the Apple pencils for the new iPad Pro or Apple TV and talk about some other fun stuff that's uh, there that we can get our hands on that is cheap as well. Yeah, cheap is always things. good. <laughs> yeah, so there's a, a, a little class of product, a little class of accessory uh, that I have discovered lately that I'm really enjoying. In fact, I'm I'm kind of surprised at how much how use I'm getting out of these things. Um, the first one is called the Ninja Loop, and it solves kind of a common dilemma uh, for people who have upgraded their phones recently mm-hmm. and are now using a phone that has a larger screen, right? Um, five inch, five and a half inch, even a six inch screen. Right. You know, the iPhone 6 Plus, for example, mm-hmm. when with such a large handset, it's hard to operate the phone with with one hand. It you is. Know, I think a lot of folks I have were, big hands and I will agree with you on that. Right. right. I think a lot of folks were used to uh, just using their thumb uh, right. to, right. you know, do things. And it's you find that it's very, actually very difficult to reach across the screen. In particular, taking pictures, uh, taking pictures or Almost just impossible. trying to tap something up near the top of the screen. Right. And, exactly. Uh, leads to um, not only it's just difficult, but I mean, it, more likely to drop your phone because exactly. you're trying to juggle it. Yep. Right. Exactly. Yep. So there's this product called the Ninja Loop, which is really nothing more than a kind of a, a, a piece of ribbon uh, that's uh, sticky on two ends. And it, it's designed to work with just about any case that you have. Uh, this works with iPhones, Android phones, or whatever. And it kind of threads through. I don't know. It's easier to see this than for me to describe it. But it kind of threads through from the top of the, phone, the case to the bottom. And then it just leaves a little piece of strap, of, of ribbon, um, oh, of loop, if you will, yeah. uh, protruding from the back with just enough space that you can slide a couple fingers in through it. And when you do that, now you can, well, for one thing, you can perform a cool magic trick. It makes it look like your phone is levitating <laughs> on your hand. But it also makes it possible for you to one-hand the phone much more Absolutely. easily and comfortably than you could. Uh, it just gives you, you a way to kind of hold the phone tight to your fingers and... Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it just increases the usability. And, and this is called a Ninja Loop. It's called the Ninja Loop, and uh, this you can get this um, online for all of about six or seven bucks. It's super cheap. Oh, I love it. And as I said, it's compatible with just about any uh, phone case. Uh, you just kind of uh, fish the ribbon through uh, one hole near the top, one hole near the bottom. It sticks to the inside of the case. Um, you know, it's not. It's kind of a goofy looking thing, but uh, nothing compared to the next thing we're going to talk about. <laughs> well, and by the way, folks, I am going to post this uh, with our show notes. And this is one of those articles that uh, Rick writes for CNET. And it was, a matter of fact, called Ninja Loop, the best six bucks you can spend on your smartphone, question mark. Yes. And it is absolutely, it's simple. It's simple, simple, simple. Yeah. But wow, is that valuable. It really is. And I'm, and I'm actually, this is the kind of thing I put on I put How on my phone. How do you find these things? Uh, you know, sometimes these companies reach out to me uh, uh. and say, hey, we, you know, we've got this new product. But this was the kind of thing where I put it on my phone to test it and mm-hmm. write about it. And I thought, no way, well, and then it's coming right off. You know what? I've had it on here for a couple months now, and I just I can't see using the phone without it now. It's one of those. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I've got a I've got some ribbon here and some sticky tape. Uh, hey, I've just invented a product. <laughs> right. I can actually put a ninja loop on my pet rock. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sure. There you go. You ninja loop anything. So an offshoot of that is another product um, that's that's kind of similar in concept, and it's called Lazy Hands, and. It sort of takes this ninja loop idea to the to the next level. I think it's actually been around a little bit longer, but it's something that's designed to stick to the back of your phone or your 
Kindle or your tablet or even your iPad, even something as large mm-hmm. as that. And it oh, provides, wow, yeah. instead of just a, a, a strap of sorts, it actually has... Um, uh, Finger holes, you finger know, loops. <laughs> finger, loops, finger loops, 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 right, right exactly. for three or four fingers that you can slide your fingers into. <laughs> and again, it just makes it for much, much easier and more comfortable Ed, why gripping. Didn't we invent this. We could be billionaires by now. And yeah. I'm, yeah. All that Velcro I have at home, too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to waste, you know, you could have used Oh, it my once. word. And that's sort of the downside to this product is that it's, it's not, it's kind of an eyesore and it does require sticking a, a piece of Velcro to the back of your device. It doesn't look great. Um, but I'll tell you something. I, I put one on the back of my uh, Kindle e-reader and I read in bed mm-hmm. at night and I'm oh, always, yeah. you know, laying yeah. on my side or whatever. And just for something as, as simple as that, it makes it so much easier to just, um, hold a device like that yeah, um, yeah. and comfortably for long stretches of time. And it's the type of thing, again, where I put it on my Kindle. I thought, this is not staying. It looks terrible. Um, it doesn't let my Kindle lay flat anymore. It's just dumb. And yeah. I'm not, and now I'm like, I'm not taking it off. They I got, just like it too much. They got it in black and pink checkers. Oh, yeah. Some of the designs are ugly. I think the name is ridiculous, <laughs> but it's just I'm like, thinking, I like this product. I'm thinking now, though, you can bring your Kindle to the fair and throw it at the wall. It'll stick at that little Velcro thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you're into that. <laughs> if you're sure. into that kind of thing. Okay. But as you said, you know, if you've got a device like the Kindle that you read in bed with or something, that's, you don't care what people think of how it looks because you're going to use it at home anyway. Yeah. And but one, what a handy way of doing it. Yeah, and, and a nice little, I guess, handy little side perk is that um, because the loop part is actually Velcroed on, you can remove it and sort of scrunch it up and stick it back on. Oh, yeah. And then now you've got so, like a stand for your for your e-reader or your tablet, and it kind of props it up at a nice viewing angle if you like to read while you're sitting at the kitchen table or something. I so, can see this, you know, in, in terms of some industrial uses. You know, I, well, I'm thinking, oh, yeah. for instance, um, some of the nurses at the uh, the cancer center where I, where I go are often carrying around iPads now, the, right. you know, and and they're fairly large and kind of hard to handle with one hand. Yeah, what a great way of just being able to slip your fingers in there, yeah. make your make your calculations on it, etc., and keep on walking. I can velcro to the visor, so I, while I'm at stoplights, I can watch a movie. <laughs> Ed, <laughs> no. please. No, I'm no, I know, I know. <laughs> Along you know, with we your bowl of cereal, <laughs> we we evaluated a product like this about three years ago when the iPads first came out, and and the guy was the handy whatever. It was oh, very yes. nice product, and and then we really haven't. I have to. We'll have to look into that and see how they fare. And on it that could spin point. too. And that it was, was yeah. spin. That's right. Yes, there, there have been similar things before. Right. In fact, I remember at, at years past at, C, at the Consumer Electronics Show, I've seen products like this yep. that stick to the yeah. back of your tablet or your right. phone or whatever. And I and I distinctly remember walking past those booths and just laughing. Like yes. that is the I stupidest would never, thing. I would never seen. use that. Right? I would never use that. And now I will eat my words because uh, I really really like this thing. And you, the, so the lazy hands you can get for anywhere between I think ten and twenty dollars depending on the size. Right um, for the bigger and devices. I think if you if you use the coupon code lazy cheapskate not my idea um you'll get 25 percent off through the end of uh september i think so you can oh. save a little bit and get free shipping and uh, all good well, or, what i like about these is they're minimalistic not not that intrusive not permanently attached yeah yeah that's true yeah that's absolutely true and, and if you and, lose it it was six bucks who cares right yeah and it's <laughs> extremely handy that's the nice part and people are it. less likely to steal your 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 device now because they take they flip it over and they go oh god what is this <laughs> pink and black 
checkers? Oh, gross. I'll move on to the next one. (laughs) Unless you bring it to NASCAR. Checkers. Anything else, Rick, that you've come up with recently that you think we should uh, take a look at? Uh, You know, those are kind of the highlights right now. I'm trying to... I'm trying to look back over some uh, some cheapskate. How do you do items. this every week? Come up with something brand new. It's 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 hard to have this much awesome, uh, Foster. It's just uh, in one man, but I somehow I managed to do it. Every- <laughs> uh, uh, people keep on shipping these things. People to you, send right? you cool stuff. That's yeah, it's, yeah, it's a pretty good gig actually. Um, it's it's funny how um, you know a lot of the the items that I talk about on the cheapskate. Mobile chargers, Bluetooth speakers. There's there's a fair bit of repetition, and it's just I, I get sick of these products sometimes. But the the, peop, the the companies come out of the woodwork asking me to offer discounts. Do they require you to give them back to you? To give them back? Well, it's it's not often that I that I actually get the product. Um, I got but, you. but the, there there are very there are times, especially sometimes with Chinese companies that they really don't know what the process is. They say things like, "Well, we'll send you the product if you'll write a nice review about us." <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't work quite no, like that. No, you know? <laughs> in China, it works like that. Not here, Rick Broida. Thanks so much. It has been a ball having you with us, and some very practical things to wrap up, wrap up the program. Bill Carver, thanks so much. You're welcome thanks, for having you for here having to me. give us your perspective on Apple products. Eddie and Gary, as always, great to have you guys around. And folks, don't forget that we count on getting your questions to us in order to be able to continue answering them here on the Internet Advisor. And you do that by going to internetadvisor.net. Click on the podcast for this week where it says more. And then in the upper right-hand corner, you've got the contact button. Hit that Put your question in there and send it on to us, and we'll get some answers back to you personally and then on the air here as well. Thanks so much for being with us. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show, Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show, with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net. And look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this PodcastDetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.